0: Drinking, the pie interview graduate students from a variety of fields all about their research. I'm your host Sadie Witkowski, and with me today is a fourth-year graduate student in the Learning Sciences program at Northwestern. Please welcome Sarah
1: White. Thanks for having me, Sadie. Thanks for being here. What's your um, weird fact for today? My weird fact for today is because I love Disney is that Disney does two and two point four million pounds of laundry a week. Oh my! Wait, really? Yeah. So it's six. It's equates to sixteen thousand. 000- one hundred and fifty pound bags a week of like of
0: like sheets, sheets of
1: costumes of towels like
0: oh my god that, that is intense. intense they
1: have like four of the five biggest private laundry facilities in the world so
0: they- that's insane and it's mostly at the park I'm guessing yeah
1: yeah so yeah. parks and resorts that makes sense yep um well so what are you drinking today I am drinking the Miskatonic Shield Maiden it is an American pale ale and it's very delicious. Nice.
0: And I am having Miskatonic's Catchpenny, which is their Session Rye Ale. Um, And as always, thank you so much to Miskatonic for supplying these amazing beers. I really appreciate it. Um, Well, let's cheers. Cheers. Yeah. (laughs) Got to get that audio. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So you're super into Disney, but you're in the learning sciences program. Yeah. So I have always kind of loved Disney, but I think my love of learning and how we learn and like wanting to help teachers kind of overpowered that, and I didn't really acknowledge my love of Disney until like later on in graduate school and then it kind of became my <laughs> escape and like just the thing that I could do when I didn't have to work on PhD stuff work my productive procrastination as I like to call it.
0: Yeah, no, I totally get that especially with this podcast because mm-hmm. it's like I'm learning new science by drinking with people (laughs) instead
1: of reading I don't my eyes don't have to get tired from like staring at the screen yeah exactly so then what are you studying within learning sciences yeah so for my dissertation it's very different from what I was working on before but my dissertation is going to be on how teachers find and select resources online to use in their classroom specifically math teachers that are like middle school and above because a lot of research has been done on elementary school teachers um, and they're kind of doing different things than middle school teachers have to do do because they mm-hmm. aren't they're only teaching like math and they're not teaching all of the subjects. So it's like when you get to that point where you're rotating through different classes and you have like A day B
0: day schedule, how are they trying to use resources they can find online to mm-hmm. supplement Yeah, supplement their instruction. So, some
1: teachers don't even have like a textbook that they're provided with. Um, So, what are those teachers doing? And then, how are teachers dissatisfied with the textbook or curriculum they already have and wanting to do different things? Like, why are they doing different things? Where are they going to? How are other teachers or is their social media interactions like influencing those decisions? And what knowledge are they using? Because there's a whole field around teacher knowledge and everything they use to make decisions and how it's different. And, like, teachers need to develop knowledge and certain types of knowledge in order to be effective so then um when you're, when you're doing this kind of research, are you just sending out surveys to teachers? So I'm going to do some surveys because right now there's not a whole lot known, but I'm also, one thing that hasn't been done that I'm trying to do for my dissertation is I'm actually going to be like screen recording teachers while they're searching online and doing a think-aloud. Mm. So they're going to be like just talking about this is what I'm thinking, this is why I'm clicking on this, this is what I'm looking at, like that kind of thing. Because a lot of it has just been done via surveys and that's not really getting at like the decision making. It's just like, mm-hmm. okay, this mm-hmm. is the outcome. Um, But what is the actual thought process behind all of those decisions? And it's different when
0: someone asks you, like, how do you normally do X? You probably either Mm -hmm, remember...
1: Generalize. You
0: generalize the last thing you did, the, the thing that was most noteworthy to you. You totally miss all this, like, other...
1: Yeah, little bits yeah they don't re- realize it's all this kind of like implicit knowledge that they aren't even aware that they have or that they're acting on or they think that they probably don't even think that other people think that's interesting. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be asking them all about that um, and hopefully over time and getting them to do it multiple times when they're lesson planning and things like that. So they'll be lesson planning their normal way anyways and I'm just tapping into that Remotely. Do you have to be like collecting data at the beginning of each like school year or at the beginning of each quarter?
0: Because I mean, I I know, you know, old hat teachers will definitely like
1: have already done half of that shit. Yeah, some teachers. So I think it totally varies. There are teachers, especially teachers that are newer teachers, are probably lesson planning more regularly. They don't have it built up of like, oh, this is exactly what I'm going to do every day. Like more experienced teachers have kind of a built up thing of that. But The more experienced teachers also might want to change things up a little, so they're probably also looking for new things to do in their classroom, so they might look for those. Um, But right now, we don't really have any conclusions that we can say one one way or the other, because no one's really looked at this at a broad level, so I'm just trying to capture some sort of variation in that and then suggest new directions for people to drill down. So this is a
0: totally new field,
1: like, in a lot of ways. Yeah, all the papers I'm reading are, like, published in, like, the last three years. Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) That's awesome, though. That, like, it makes it so much easier because you have low-hanging fruit that you can be, like, no, a new
1: X. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, which is very nice and very different from what I started Mm -hmm. doing my research on at the beginning of grad school, which is, like, analogies and, like, analogy has been studied for so long in so many different ways and like it's been studied in classrooms to some extent Mm -hmm. um but it was still really hard for me to figure out okay what exactly is like my new angle and how can I write about this and like what literature am I leaving out is it okay to leave this stuff out all of that so yeah yeah, that's a very new but related area to be in.
0: I have a friend who um, studies analogy in the psych department who is on one of the earlier episodes of this podcast yes. and getting him to explain things was like yeah 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 and like got to the end of the podcast and I was like I'm still not sure I totally know everything but yeah analogical <laughs> reasoning
1: is a thing yep structure mapping I know those words yep. okay Yep. <laughs> yeah so that was it was really interesting to explain all of that to people in learning sciences that don't have this like really strong psychology background because learning sciences is just such a blend of so many fields it's like sociology and design and like psychology yeah um but and like
0: almost like some like weird museum design can be in there yeah Yeah. you can get because like when you talk about learning sciences you can think of the classroom but you can also Mm -hmm. think of
1: what do you do with informal learning uh, yeah unsupervised
0: learning where you're there's no teacher there to lead the lesson plan it's just like how do you make a thing
1: that people can learn from? Yeah, yeah. How do you learn something on your own? Like, we study both the learner side and the teacher side, and then also the interactions between them. So, it's been really interesting, and a cool switch, and, like, it's definitely what I wanted coming from a psychology background that felt not applied enough. Yeah. Uh, Because I could have done psychology programs or something like that, and then just learned a lot of the same things I had learned, but... I'm exposed to a whole bunch of different theories and people studying so many different things.
0: How did you find a program like learning sciences? Like, I wouldn't even have known to look for something like that in undergrad. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't exactly remember. I think I just knew that it was a thing or I had, like, known... Because Northwestern was the first learning sciences department in the country. Oh, ever. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Um, and I don't know, I think I just knew learning sciences or I knew about like educational psychology and like was looking at a lot of those programs. And then it's like, I still don't know if I know the exact difference between educational psychology and learning sciences. But I think <laughs> Learning scientists generally look down on educational psychologists because they don't think they're looking at enough of the context. But mm. I, think, I think I just was like, I want to learn about learning. How do yeah. I do that? And then I found learning sciences so
0: <laughs> you're like it's in the title probably yeah. gonna work for me yeah no I definitely <laughs> I did this
1: whole program in college that was like a graduate undergraduate mentorship program where like undergrads got paired up with grad students for like applying to grad school and they were really helpful in trying to figure out what exact programs you want to apply to and people were in like all different social sciences so it was, I That's think awesome. that probably helped so yeah I, was, I think it's still going at UCLA.
0: UCLA. Yeah.
1: Nice. Of course
0: there, because I've got enough grad students from a lot of fields that you can, like, people have some experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. So then, if you're in your fourth year, Mm -hmm. have you started thinking about your dissertation? Yeah.
1: So, I'm trying to propose, like, in the next month. So, I have, like, the outline of, like, all the methods and everything. I'm just revising my, like, lit review and intro and everything to prove to other people that, like, hey, this is something worthwhile. I have read the things, and there was a hole in the literature. Yes, exactly. You're (laughs) welcome. (laughs) So just describing that when everything's like, oh, this came out in, like, March of last year, and I only started looking for it, like, a month ago, so. Dang, yeah. yeah. So
0: then, um, when you're doing all this research Mm -hmm. for, like, your dissertation – how much are you going online and trying to see, like, what online resources exist for math teachers? Because I wouldn't think that any exist, but I must be wrong. Yeah,
1: they, there are tons. There are so, so, so many, and, like, so many of them are absolute crap. Um, oh, no! So that's, like, the real problem. So one part of the dissertation that I am really excited about doing, that my advisors aren't as excited about doing, is doing kind of an analysis of what resources are out there and, like, what kind of features they have. Are they integrated with social media? Like, how many, like, comments and likes? Is that an, even an option on these resources? Is there some way for teachers to indicate, like, quality of a resource? Um, Research kind of shows that teachers aren't necessarily looking for the right kind of quality, um, or they're looking for things that just have a lot of downloads or, like, look really pretty because they'll be... So part
0: of it's, like, the metrics of what the teachers are using, and then part of it is, like are there metrics that teachers could use to know if a, if a thing is like good basically mm-hmm.
1: yeah so that's something I'm particularly interested in but yeah even just documenting hey here's all the resources all I, I don't think it's possible for me to document these are all of the websites that have math resources <laughs> as of today yeah, <laughs> yeah as <tomorrow>. of today <laughs> no, yes <laughs> completely different um but like teachers pay teachers is something that a lot of k-12 teachers use because I am focused yeah on the secondary, um, not as much on college teachers, but there's a whole environment and like open educational resources that a lot of higher education mm-hmm. instructors will use as well. And are K-12 teachers tapping into that or not? And like, how might these environments be different for the two yeah. segments and things like that? But yeah, there's tons, like even like brainpop.com kind of counts, like, are they looking for games? Are they looking for worksheets? Are they looking for whole units or just lesson plans? Like that kind of scope is one sub-question i'm planning to answer as well yeah
0: I, there's like so much material here that you could study any one of it. you need an army of undergrads yeah. and or an and actual you could career
1: know. in academia you know uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> or that uh, no, maybe not <laughs> um i was gonna ask um in terms of the the resources mm-hmm. um how much of the resources out there are really meant for k through 12 versus like you see a lot of like college you know, age, resources type Mm -hmm. stuff. But not as much, or high school even, but like not middle school.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of high school out there for sure. And like, it's really interesting to see like, who are, who's producing these? Like, is it NSF? Is it like actual organizations that are credible? Do those organizations have people that actually know anything about teaching and learning? Some random dude on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, (laughs) but some teachers are looking for random dudes on YouTube or they're looking for that video. Like a lot of teachers will turn to Khan Academy and that has a lot for middle school um, videos and worksheets, those kinds of things. But yeah, there's actually a ton out there and there's like thousands and hundreds of thousands of resources on Pinterest um, that are even just tagged like Common Core and even just wading through things that are tagged Common Core because i'm specifically interested in math is really difficult because even if it's tagged that way doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually aligned or that the way that the teacher is going to teach it will be aligned with common core in any sort of way so that's something that i've heard from teachers is like i'm just really frustrated that like there's so much out there and it's so hard to wade through and even the things right. that are labeled with the things that i'm searching for aren't giving me the things that i want
0: right like the material exists the problem is that it's not organized in a way that's like easy to get through and when you're on like a teacher timeline where it's like, well, I need a lesson plan for tomorrow. Yeah, how much yeah. searching are you or really going to do? Yeah, or next yeah. Week.
1: yeah, depending on how they're searching. And I think I really got into this because I kind of did a curation type thing in college. I did this internship with an education nonprofit that doesn't exist anymore, but like we made a website that was like, hey, here's like we were very focused on like game-based learning, and so we would review games and then be like, this is like how appropriate is it for education, and mm-hmm. could we write a lesson plan mm-hmm. for it that a teacher could actually use, and then we launched it while I was there, and like trying to see how teachers were actually using that after I left, and things like that was really interesting. That's but cool. like that was back in like 2013 or something, and like, <laughs> the problem still hasn't been solved. So. Right? Yeah. And then so,
0: and I was thinking also on the other end of this problem, mm-hmm. um, what kind of teachers are you you looking to talk to? Are they like all local Chicago folks? Are you trying to get like a big school district versus a small private versus public? Like how much of that are you trying to? look at because that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So at this point, because we don't really have a way of saying, oh, this variable might be more important than others. I'm trying to just get a wide spectrum. Um, A lot of previous studies have looked at just like one school or one school district. And I would like to get a greater variety than that. So I'm going to do like my survey first and then try and follow up with teachers from that, especially ones that are like the highest users or the highest reported use of online resources because they would have probably the most to be able to talk about and then maybe find people that report lower usage and then see how there might be differences in like an expert novice kind of way. Mm. Not saying that like there's a lot of ways to define expert in this space. We don't really have a way to describe expert versus novice, but just like high users of online resources versus low on low users and like Right. And you could see that the the, the use
0: there. the use could be you're a high online user because you're really good at finding interactive media that you can give your kids. Or you could be a high user because you don't have a textbook and Mm -hmm. you're just looking for whatever will stick to the wall. Exactly. And so, like, would we call those both experts? Yeah, we don't know. And we
1: don't have a way of, like, saying what's high-quality searching yet. And we don't have a, like, that's one thing that a lot of studies have, like, kind of failed to do is, like, follow up with, like, after we talk to these teachers, even just within one school district, is there a way that we can correlate this with quality of instruction and, like, actual student learning outcomes? And I'm not sure that I'll actually be able to get to that level because it's still like so unknown at the beginning but I have a few weeks to kind of that's it for postdocing work yeah, yeah exactly follow-up studies that's, that's for, for my discussion k99
0: <laughs> grand or whatever
1: the hell they're called I don't even remember yeah. anymore yeah I don't know because I'm not paying attention to academia anymore
0: which is really bad. <laughs> um yeah well I I guess that was um another thing that I'd like to ask yeah. which is how much have you been thinking you know you are fourth year eventually yeah. we all leave we hope yeah mm-hmm. yeah um Sorry, like... With this Disney stuff, is that kind mm-hmm. of the direction you want to go? And actually, just say more about what what your <laughs> Disney stuff is, because yeah. I know, but I realize I did not yes. explain it well. Yes,
1: no. So, I have a blog called phdprincess.com, and I also do a lot on Instagram with science communication related to Disney, so I'll just find, like, some random topics and talk about how it's related to some sort of Disney character or movie or thing in the park, something like that. Um, and I've really found that writing about other people's research is the most fun part for me, rather oh, than, yeah. like doing the actual data collection and analysis. So I would love to do more science communication type jobs. And I've been looking for them, even though it's bad. I'm like always on LinkedIn and trying to like search for jobs (laughs) instead of like actually reading papers. Um, But either that or like working in an ed tech kind of company or publishing company and like informing their designs and doing, I could see myself doing research for them.
0: Right. It would kind of build off what you're doing already, which would be about, you know, understanding... Uh, resources that educators are using, but then also you could be writing it up and, like, actually, like, m- making changes at a company or an NGO or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I think kind of the intersection of those two is, like, education journalism, which I don't know how much money is really out there, but um, there's a few organizations that I really like and would love to work for um, that do a lot of, like, writing for teachers and writing mm-hmm. for parents about, like, stories in education and research in education, and I think that would be, like... The perfect little niche. Good niche. So,
0: yeah. Good niche. Well, yeah. I never know how to say that
1: word. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, no, totally. And so then how long have you been doing the the PhD princesses?
1: That has been a little bit over a year. So I launched it in like September 2017. So I've written I've written on and off kinds of things there. Um, but you oh. gotta
0: get some other contributors, man. Yeah, no, if you, you, you want a you guest blog, yeah,
1: for sure. If anyone that listens to the podcast likes Disney or thinks their research might be related to Disney, they can totally Everything connected. to Disney. Oh, yeah, I think it about really how many can. movies they've got. So many. Yeah, I write a lot about, like, animals because there's a lot of, like, animal characters and stuff. Oh, yeah, Lion King is, like, oh, yeah. so much. I, out. I'm going to have some Lion King
0: stuff Dude, the going. first time when I realized that hyenas are actually badass and way more interesting than oh, lions, yeah, yeah. I, like, went on this, like... I was probably way too young. I was, like, I was probably in middle school or something, mm-hmm. and I was like, actually, hyenas are really cool. They're matriarchal, yeah. and the females yes. have bigger penises, yes. and my mom was like, that's nice.
1: <laughs> Why are you bringing this up? I was like, because in the Lion King, they're the villains. <laughs> yes. yes, They're actually the coolest. Yeah, and like, it's kind of lame that like, elephants aren't involved in Lion King at all, because elephants are also super matriarchal, yeah. um, and have great memories. I don't know how sleep and memory factors into their lives, but...
0: They probably sleep a shit ton. I mean, like, you know, probably as much as we do, probably a third.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right, because giraffes only sleep, like, two hours a day. Is that right? Yeah.
0: Like, in two-hour bursts or two hours total?
1: Two hours total. That's weird. Yeah. Oh. I found out that... They're not very smart, though, so... They <laughs> well, have there you go.
0: <laughs> I found out that um, fur seals, like, don't get REM sleep when they're sleeping in the water.
1: Oh, It's really weird. Yeah,
0: I was at a, a conference, and that was, like, a poster, and I was just
1: like, what is this? But they get it when they sleep on land?
0: Yeah. Yeah, they have normal sleep like we do where they, okay. they switch between deep sleep and REM sleep. And then in the water, they yeah. don't get REM sleep. And they're like, oh, well, maybe they'll have this thing called a REM rebound where uh, yeah. when they get on land then they'll sleep a lot more, mm. get a lot more REM. And they don't seem to, according to this poster slash paper okay. okay. um, from this Russian research institute. Nice. I, it was just like a REM thing. I got Now I want to like stick in. people
1: in the water and see if they yeah. can have REM sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Does that work if like if you put them on like a floaty in a pool or something? Mm. I feel like people take naps.
0: I mean, like there um, are those what do they call? The sensory deprivation mm. pods. But those are okay. they're like highly salted water so that you float. Uh, yeah. Um, so that you're yeah. not like going under or anything.
1: Yeah. And also, those are, like, trippy as hell. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Oh, I've never done one. No, there's, like, one, my friends in, like, the Bay Area, there's, like, you can have a membership to a sleep deprivation tank, like, but, a gym membership. That's weird. Just, like, go whenever. Whatever. <laughs>
0: That's weird. They have um, light uh, at Northwestern right now, th- so it's winter when we're recording this. It's okay. January, <laughs> and they have um, free light therapy sessions at Northwestern Whoa! right now to help with to seasonal affective yes, disorder. Yes, I have to look into that. I saw that and I was like, science does support this idea. Yes. So, yes. well done. Um, yeah. So then, are you more active on your? blog or on your tumblr for this
1: phd processes? oh princesses. i'm most active on instagram oh instagram yeah. sorry I, no, okay. tumblr. I have a tumblr but i very rarely post on it like for that but yeah mm-hmm. definitely on instagram because there's so many like disney pictures there's actually like a huge disney instagram community and then a huge like scientist instagram community yeah um and that's definitely been like the people i found because i like haven't liked twitter as much or something so yeah. just like there's more communication on uh, and you can share videos of your life um, and stuff like that on Instagram. So it's, it's a different of, kind of intersection. Yeah, yeah, but it's definitely like bridging those two communities on Instagram has been. Really Do you fun. get more
0: um, Disney fans who want to learn about science or more scientists who just love Disney?
1: Um, I think it's kind of, even I think there are more people that love Disney, so like okay. proportionally, I mean, it's probably yeah. in the population. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so it's a very
1: like n- little again niche or niche of like scientists and that also love Disney, but yeah. yeah. That it's, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's, I think it's both. I, there's been a whole bunch of PhD students that I've been friends with that really like Disney and they were kind of one of the reasons that I had the idea and everything hmm. like that. I'm like, I'm writing to them. That's who I'm, who I'm writing to. Here's my to. target
0: audience. Yeah. We'll work it from here yeah. and figure it out. Yeah.
1: But all of the, it'd be really cool to work for Disney to try and do more science for them. They actually have like really cool educational programs that I wish I got to do as a kid. Wait, where really? They like, yeah. They'll like take students into the park and like teach them about like linear induction and like the physics the roller coasters and they have like whole lesson plans for the day and you get to like go behind the scenes of different things and like why couldn't i do that when i was younger so
0: so are they hiring scientists to come in and do these things or are they like Full time staff they have that learn all the science and then teach it.
1: I think it's more the latter. Okay, like, yeah, they're that not, makes sense. not always looking for just scientists because it's kind of. They're actually, I think, the people that they hire for that are more like counselors from like summer camps and things like that. Yeah. Like, can you handle like twenty students at a time or something like that? Are you good with little kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they have it for like all different age ranges. Um, but yeah, that would be super cool to like write lesson plans for that kind of thing. They do have this really cool thing, and then there's an organization called Science from Scientists, um, and they actually have a show. In one of the parks in Disney World, that like they have science from scientists, people like come and actually be the actors in the show, and so they actually talk about their real research, which is really fun i mean they have to tell a whole bunch of corny jokes and like memorize the script and stuff but
0: yeah but like i'm
1: great at corny jokes yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's a that. great show i love it i mean yeah when and then kids get to ask all the questions that they want so yeah i want to be like hey Wait. hey disney me i'm good corny jokes i study sleep i promise i'll stop cursing
0: for like an hour or okay two if that's yeah. what it takes yeah oh i wanted to show you my socks <laughs> oh my gosh
1: motherfucking girl power yeah oh, those are awesome yeah i thought they were Appropriate for today, especially since everyone's getting sworn into Congress today. I know,
0: yeah. We're we're recording this on mm-hmm. January third, so it's the uh, the big swearing-in ceremony, and Twitter has been ablaze, yes. which has been entertaining and <laughs> wonderful, and I love it. Yes. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I just so we kind of talked a little bit about what you you want to do post PhD, mm-hmm. um, kind of leaving the academic track and going more into translational applied work really would you want a job that still has some of those research aspects where you could still be like collecting data and thinking about like am i doing this
1: right or are you more interested in the PR
0: communication side
1: at this point i feel like i'm more on the communication side but i also feel like i'm more qualified for the actual research job so it's kind of gonna be like what ones will actually hire me kind of thing um but i think If research is, like, a component and, like, especially I feel like if I'm doing, if I'm serving as, like, a journalist in some way, that is a kind of research. It's definitely not to, like, the same standards as, like, academic research, Um, but I think that will probably satisfy me in a way. I don't know if I'm going to be doing, like, qualitative coding of all my interviews in, like, as intensive of a way as I would for my own research interviews. Um, But I think it would be really cool to do both, Um, but I think I need a break from, like, the actual research and just, like, trying to do science communication for a while, and then maybe I can...
0: Reintroduce it slowly, yeah. 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 yeah,
1: but it's really cool. I I had an internship this past summer, and people there were actually, like, applying to conferences to, like, talk about the research that they were doing for the company that they were working at. Oh. Um, so it's like, okay, even, like, they were in, like, a user research department, so they were talking about the user research they were doing and, like, writing papers about that. But I thought that that would be really cool to just, like, do the the paper writing for a company and, like, doing user research could be something I could see myself doing. But
0: yeah, almost the PR that. person Yeah, that's, like, actually knowledgeable of the things that are going on so that you can come from a place of knowledge but not, you know, not not just, like, make a stupid mistake that yeah. sometimes people make. Yes. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Is that, are you trying to do that? I don't actually know what you're trying yeah, to
0: do. Yeah, I am really interested in science communication and science journalism, yeah. generally speaking, and I want to stay in Chicago, generally speaking. Excellent. Beyond that, it's like, yeah, freelancing, podcasting, Yeah. trying to finish my dissertation proposal. Yeah, just it's all the writing. It's fine. <laughs> all of the writing. I'm doing a lot of writing lately. Yeah.
1: Lots of reading and writing, it's, yeah. But I think those are very. It makes me feel good that those are like important skills and like. But there are skills that I think a lot of people could do. Like anyone can read and write, and like yes, you can get better at reading and writing, or like reading scientific journals or right. articles. You or can
0: something. learn tricks to learn to read them faster or read them more efficiently. Yeah, you can become a better writer just through freaking practice.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> good feedback. Yeah. But, but I think it's something that anyone can try and do and I just I've just been really appreciative of that like anyone can be a blogger anyone like not everyone can be a successful blogger but anyone can try and do that and like especially with like career like robots and things changing industries I think that it's really interesting to to do that
0: online is a very democratic space for Mm -hmm. a lot of that kind of science communication stuff but then under like finding um a job that'll pay you mm-hmm. is not
1: at all yeah. democratic yeah and, <laughs> and so it's like a really interesting juxtaposition often yeah and if people aren't like valuing that work and like being willing to pay for it then that kind of creates a problematic yeah situation oh yeah so. um
0: well, on that down on our note no <laughs>
1: Especially in <laughs> education, you know?
0: Education and, and journalism
1: the perfect field to go into. Swimming in, in money.
0: Yes. Let me tell you. Yes. No. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to ask, is there anything we didn't get a chance to talk about in terms of your research, in terms of
1: your SCICOM activities? Okay. I think... Um, I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, I'm interested in having guest bloggers or, like... Yeah, so you're really you looking to... for some guest bloggers. Yeah, that would be great. And, like, I really want to feature... I would love to learn about other people's research as well. That's so. the best way to do it,
0: is be, like, write about your thing and tie it to Disney, which is, like, m- almost all of our generation's yeah. childhood. Yeah. So, like, can be done. Yeah. Easy peasy. I, I have a challenge to you. How you can connect your research to this. my sleep research with this. I mean like Beauty and the be- or, uh, Sleeping Beauty is like yep. a
1: cheat that's, yeah. that's a straight uh, up cheat yeah. um,
0: so I'll have to find something more what I find yeah. more interesting I did a
1: post on Sleeping Beauty of like what could have potentially like led her to like fall into this really deep sleep and like mm. tried to look up like actual like plants or would it be a concussion or like I think my uh, conclusion was like she was just like diabetic and went into a diabetic, a diabetic coma yeah. oh shit yeah um, <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, she pricked her finger or, like, she could have had something like me where I have a... It's called the vasovagal response. So, like, Mm -hmm. anytime there's, like... Intense descriptions of pain, or I'm in pain, I pass out. Yeah, um, like not usually for it's years it's often and years like a,
0: a blood phobia can be that thing because yeah the, the vagus nerve is the vagus means wandering so it's the wandering mm. nerve it goes all over your body <laughs> including to your heart and mm. it can if you if you have that it, like basically like releases all dilates all your, dilates all yeah. your blood yeah. vessels and so then you just pass out. <laughs> yep,
1: yep. So that's me. <laughs> that's Which awesome. is why I decided not to be a doctor, but maybe maybe a PhD doctor instead.
0: Good call. Better yep. kind of doctor for you. Yep,
1: for sure. Yep exactly. So, but yeah, I think I think that's it.
0: Well, cool. Yeah, no, we'll definitely send out the call for people to to guest blog. I yeah, I already have a few ideas. Excellent. <laughs> um and in in uh other news, I want to say thanks to everyone for listening to this episode and if you like the show, please tell your friends about the podcast and leave me a review on iTunes. Your review helps me reach a larger audience and I get even more interesting guests on the show. Uh, in addition, I have a Patreon account where you can become a patron of the podcast. That helps, repel helps support production costs. Uh, friend of the show, Tyler Dammy, has been editing this show for free, but your patronage would go a long way to helping making this podcast sustainable a sustainable
1: project. How do we find that Patreon? Is it just your name? Yeah, it's
0: uh, pH Drinking on Patreon. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Kept it
0: simple. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and if you want to hear what I'm up to, you can follow me on Twitter at PHDrinking. I also have a personal account at Sadie Witt, but like half the time it's other stuff,
1: so. Um, yeah, Sarah, how would you like listeners to be able to find you? Yeah, you can find me at the PhD Princess on Instagram or phdprincess.com. I'm also on Twitter, but I just like a whole bunch not of Not a kids. Twitter person. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I'm a Twitter person.
0: Instagram stresses me out. I'm like, photos are hard and I'm not they good are. at them. They are. I'm,
1: I'm teaching myself some photo editing, but... <laughs> There yeah, you go. It's a fun, fun time.
0: Um, and as always, I'll include those links um, to PhD Princess mm-hmm. and all of that good stuff, as oh, well I as some links say, about research. I wanted
1: to say, yeah, besides just my research, if you want to learn more about learning sciences, the yeah. organizations that I really like, it's not like there's not like one website to talk about it, which is kind of bad. But if you look up articles by Mindshift by KQED or the Hetchinger Report, they have a lot of really great education informed research writing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, no, we'll definitely include those as well um, in the Twitter handle yep. or the Instagram handle, yep. all that nonsense. Yep. Um, yeah, well, thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah. This has been fun. Yeah, it
1: has. Thanks for having me.
0: It's a good start to the year. Yes, we've nailed it. Even if you can maybe hear my dog Zoe in the background eating, playing with butter. a bone and peanut butter, it's fine. <laughs> uh, to all you listeners out there, cheers. Cheers.